Hello. The next chapter I'll be reading is called Sex is Thinner Than Water, Yet Love is Thicker Than Blood. My life seemed to be slowly winging off attracting men for anal sex, and this seemed to be completely natural and in accordance with this evolutionary change coming over me. Change in my sexual practices was happening in cycles, and I needed to learn my emotional response to it. Even though in the back of my mind I still desired anal sex, the frequency of looking for it was increasingly less favorable, favorable and I no longer desired attracting masculine men or masculine energy. I no longer felt the need to jump online searching for questionable prospects. Was the universe requesting that I stop having anal sex altogether or change how I went about the practice of it? I knew I was beginning to I was being asked to change after I decided to cancel my date with a guy that I had met online. After asking myself, was I willing to tolerate buying weed, listening to him lie about his life for an hour? Then, after he smoked my weed up, I bend over and have meaningless, unfulfilled sex. Then, when it's all over, he suddenly becomes distracted, signaling me to leave. I reasoned, was it smart? to pay $25 for a taxi there and back for a lousy lay. I did not feel up to that this time, so I canceled our date, then took the gay app off my phone. I perceived my sex life would change when I am no longer willing to tolerate what I used to tolerate, and this night signified a growth of change. It was not about what I wanted, what they wanted, but what I needed, and I did not need sex with benefits. I needed peace and my sanity, and I can only have that by listening to that inner voice resonating within me. That voice will always move me forward and never present the problem in the same way, no matter how many times I fail to learn. It will reemerge in another form till I get it. I thought me not engaging in anal sex was due to me maturing and getting older, but I was no longer attracting that low vibration of confused men who simply wanted to use me. The universe was taking me out of the frequency of sharing my body with questionable men. I know now, if I am to harmonize my versatility, men will have to be on my frequency and vibration. Change requires discipline, and discipline hurts. My emotional intelligence was stronger, and I was more intelligent with my sexual desires once I knew the right thing to do. I could not let strangers into my apartment, and it no longer fulfilled me. I denied the urge because I knew the consequences of having risky, unhealthy sex. Sexually, I was evolving into a man that loves himself enough to delay instant gratification for the notion of self-love. Having discipline and being willing to work hard at changing myself, I now had this amazing potential to wield whatever I desired into being. I truly believed I was worthy of love and I was eager to go out into the world and attract it. So I decided to leave the Bronx and take a trip to Coney Island Boardwalk. I had a few draft beers and watched the mortals walking around, all coupled and adjoined at the hip as they held hands appearing inseparable. And I could not help but feel a bit envious of the human ability to make those intimate soul-type attachments where two people agree to live their lives with each other, building memories as they move along through life. 
How are they able to build those strong kinships and feel those emotions to want to love till death do them part was beyond me. How were they able to tolerate their partners purely on practical terms seemed strange to me. I could never master the art of peculiar social retention, either out of my own reluctance and apprehension or by some external force making me an object of invalidation to where I second guess whether love would ever find me. I have always had an aversion toward intimate connections, but I feel it is now being imposed on me. I wanted to walk hand in hand with the apple of my eye, my pea in the pot, my bunny and Clyde. Why could I not enjoy this day with someone who cared for me? A subtle thought came to me that possibly I would make a good father as I watched the children bouncing about completely jolly and happy. I know if I had one of my own that perhaps I would feel genuine love for someone. I asked God, is this aloneness normal? I haven't been isolated for longer than I can accept. It was beginning to seem more of a physical, psychosocial disorder. I hope I did not have an antisocial disorder and the inclination to prefer aloneness was not psychoneurological in nature. All this thinking about not having a relationship caused me to buy a bottle of bottle of Evans Mill bourbon. Placing my money on the counter, the cashier bagged my bottle of loneliness as I took the lonely train ride back home. One is the loneliest number as I put the gay app back onto my phone. I nearly hooked up with this guy, but then I realized I was more satisfied being alone. So I canceled the date and deleted the app immediately. What was this struggle to feel connection and why was communicating now important to me? Having standards allowed me to redirect my sexual desires. I have my life so much time. I save my life so much time and energy not chasing after a man. And I realized the act of sex was habitual and not a biological, bio, as biologically fixed as I had thought. This means most of my searching was learned behavior, and not that I am dis. I am dispositioned to instinctual sexual impulses that are out of my control. If I was a woman, then I can understand my desire to be penetrated is a biological requirement because I would be wired to desire a man's penis. But because I am not a woman, I can choose to avoid the feeling of needing someone to accomplish this when I can accomplish it myself. My goal was to take the responsibility away from needing any another human being to satisfy my sexual desires. I was getting so tired of people and quite disgusted with humanity to feel that I needed someone to help me get me off. I can avoid feeling rejected if I never need anyone to reject me in the first place. So hopefully I learned to focus on my own body and leave these other men alone. All this talk about men having needs over oversimplification is only to justify a dysfunctional culture. A gay man can relearn how to lower his compulsive desires for another man quite in the same way that he learns to stop smoking cigarettes. It takes time and effort and a belief that life can be better by making those changes if one feels by doing so betters the quality of his life. I was able to decrease my sexual partners from eight to two a month, which was a huge improvement. And now I was not not even meeting men hardly at all as more of my values were coming to the forefront and making itself known. Biology predicts our gonads and sexual reproductive organs, but that is the limit because men can be stimulated rectally than a woman clitorally.
I do not find anything sexually immoral about a man having a prostate gonad. So why would there be a legal sanction against the sexual stimulation of it? It says nothing in the Bible about it being a sin to stimulate the prostate. So I resolve my confusion by using a sex toy. And when the right man comes, if at all, then it may happen. But I think I'm thankful God removed the feeling of needing a man to penetrate me. I stopped fantasizing about men. and I was only content with pleasing myself, having a sort of homosexual experience turned inward as a way of absolving myself of any guilt felt for carrying the act precariously outward. I did not have time to figure out what men wanted sexually, finding the confusion too prevalent in the gay culture to be an integral, integral activity for healthy psychosocial functioning. Perhaps this change in values was due to me opening the path to sexual security. These feelings were all strange because before I used to say what they don't know, meaning boys, won't hurt. But now I was beginning to realize the cause and effect of having all of this unscrupulous sex. And frankly, I wanted a boyfriend, even if it meant, even if it meant being monogamous, till I reached the point of self-control. Then eventually monogamy will be a part of my lifestyle. This was a new improved cycle for me in the sex department. I was not watching men sexually on the street as much before anymore. I found myself abstaining from watching pornography and my mind was not constantly thinking about my next encounter. I know Hagar was chosen specifically for me so that I would experience what love was not and to know what heartache feels like, both being very new emotions for me. I would not give the experience back for nothing in the world. Hagar showed me I was willing to what I was willing to tolerate, pain, in order not to feel alone. I was not able to reach him, but I hoped he was doing well and that he finally learned to be the master of his heart. What he has, what had been reserved for him, I was now putting all the love, attention, self-care, sexual pleasure back into myself where I become my own lover, having a romance within myself, experiencing a union as Shakespeare writes in his sonnet 62 in the book of Shakespeare's sonnets. So of self-love possesseth on my eye and all of my soul and all of my every part. And for this sin, there is no remedy. It is so grounded inward in my heart, end quote. This I found to be my nature. I no longer saw my paralyzing solitude as isolate isolation, but quiet love, an intricate exchange of self-interest, a centrist companionship, enabling me not to the beloved, but to myself. Maybe by discovering God, I was discovering myself, which confirms we are emanations of God. The question remains, how should I see myself after I have found myself? How should I marvel at God's wondrous creation, which is myself? It seems common sense, but I was not super fixed on the idea that two human beings were designed to be solely with one another to begin with. It seemed practical that one keeps something stable and reliable as we are made to evolve along this social paradigm, which is how humans kept their families intact. There is this notion two men cannot fully reproduce fulfill reproductive obligations, thereby exempting, exempting them from the moral duty of, of maintaining intimate bonds and being exclusively monogamous. This is complex because I would expect humans would 
want to eliminate the burden of choice by sticking to one. But somehow we have become fixated on the notion that there is something better due to our need for variety. And this is how we will remain till man reaches a level of maturity in evolution where he either loses his libido vigor, giving up his reason to keep procreating as he drives, as his drive slows down to inactivity. To rebel against nature, man has become a sexual animal, forgetting he is mortal, thus susceptible to the secession of human nature. And no man is more delusional than the American when it comes to his sexual needs, as he does not wish for a relationship of mutual enrichment and exchange between two people. Though my longing was for a complete union, I feel God has attracted me only to certain types of men to wean me off of the dependence of needing their attention. Attention, I should be putting into my book. I needed to figure out where my sex life was going and be ready to take a leap of faith by taking my true passion seriously, allowing for nature connections with quality men and avoid the quick judging types that hide behind computer screens. I needed clarity to who I have become, auditing, auditing what old habits I have been delivered from. I needed to let go of my dependence or on random hookups, but I realized my old self was not too far behind, so I needed time to distance the two lies by practicing abstinence. I went to First Corinthians Baptist Church, and Pastor Mike read from the book 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. He talked about Paul's thorn in the flesh as a punishment to torture him, to prevent him from being too elated over revelation. The scripture reads, three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness, end quote. This put tears in my eyes because here I thought, that the hell that the hell I was experiencing would transform my circumstances, that I would suddenly come into this space, newly evolved and exuding a new person. And though in the fiery hell, I could still remember the past and use it as water to put the flames out. And God surmounts over the clouds of black smoke, blinding me from breaking through the clouds. God was speaking to me concerning my sex life but I could not understand what message I needed to be paying attention to. I mean, I knew I needed to write my book, yet the thorn in my side meant God was not fully pulling me out of the fiery hell of sexual promiscuity and impromptu many emotional drama acts I put in my head between me and society and me and God. Was God keeping me in the fire till he felt I was ready for his purpose? I soon labeled every one of these demons as being possessed with a Jezebel spirit, and she was using men to take me down. I had to keep fighting for what I needed now in my emotional life. It would never be resolved if I kept giving my power away to these selfish, impoverished souls. Robert Kagan writes in the book of Paradise and Power, when you don't have a hammer, you don't want anything to look like a nail, end quote. My opponent will try to engage me with seduction through patience and forbearance. Tolerance equals weakness in this case. And though I was burning with desire for sex, the pain of giving giving in was burning me with a chasm of hate for how I used to be. I wanted the freedom to be myself while enjoying someone who wanted me for real and not for the night of passion. I will assail those flings the devil tries to send my way and abjure 
to the Lord, I will mighty any afflicting sin threatening my elevation. I will not fall back. I will not quit. I will not retreat. I will preserve and only give in only when it feels right to do so and not when I am being coerced or manipulated. There is a thin line between love and lust. I realized how disconnected I was from the gay community and I saw the sex scene out of control. From the unprotected sex, the meth use, the prostitution, the lying and deceiving and stealing. It is chaos I must deal with within the gay community, which has turned me off from the gay lifestyle. I define me. No one does anything for me, and yet I have gone most of my adult life believing I would one day feel embraced by gay men. They even give me cold looks at church. How are you going to hate on my praise? It was mentally insane that men avoided me at the LGBT center and, and the AA meetings. I cannot approach an attractive man in public without getting shade thrown at me. I'm not saying I am changing my sexual preferences, but I will establish sex boundaries when it comes to my sexual practices. God might have made me queer, but he does not want me to be a queen. And that is what these fools are, big old queens with dinglings. I was absent, abstinent for a week when, when on this night, I fell asleep and had a dream that I was at my place and a young meth user whom I had had sex with in the past popped up in my place unannounced. Then I woke up from the dream and checked my phone. It was 12 a.m. and I noticed that I had received a text from the same guy asking if he could come over. I wrote back that I did not trust him and basically I was not interested. And then I fell asleep again. When I woke up again, it was 3 a.m. I read a text from him and he had been waiting in the lobby of my apartment building. So I texted him to lose my number. When I fell back asleep, he reappeared in my door, sexually deranged, completely necked, looking very high and begging me to screw him, not taking no for an answer. And when I tried to get him out of the house, he came back with lethal weapons to intimidate me, even ordering small children to shoot me in the head, which failed. Ryan had to be no older than 21, and he was sprung, strung out on crystal meth and thought his booty was the holy grail. He was good at seducing men by making them feel powerful and viral while placing himself in a submissive and innocent role, wanting me to have sex with him with no condom. I had tried to help him understand that this crystal meth use was a turnoff for me, and I could not trust a guy who begs me desperately to screw him without protection and ejaculate in him. I realized I was dealing with another possessed spirit by the Jezebel. He even admitted to practicing voodoo, so I was not sure what I was dealing with, but whatever it was, it was horny and in, and in heat. He used his youth and intellect to woo men into getting what he wants, or that what Jezebel wants. There are some of his text, here are some of his text messages that he has sent to me that night, as it would be too difficult to explain this nature in my own words. I will refer to him as R and myself as me. And these are an ex a text message exchange that night that he was begging me to have sex with him. And it starts like this. R. Since, we, since we're not having sex unprotected and you don't like filming us, let's have sexual adventure. We start inside, then take a walk into the dark, find a spot, and do it there. Me. Please let me focus. R. I thought you wanted me. Me. I don't desire you. R. I'm just, I'm just bored with what I want. Me. I'm going to stop saying R and me. You kind of get the conversation picture. <laughs> me. I don't care. Have a good day. 
I'm in tune spiritually. I want to experience your intellect in person and make damn good sex. God is looking for someone he can use. Everyone else will perish. Why would I perish with you? Now, that's foolish. I'm over this. You can't preach to a preacher's kid. My mom is apostolic evangelist. My father's a secondary pastor and head deacon, but it's not my way. So I don't conform to this construct. I've always lusted for you. I'll be content knowing I did everything to ask uh, you asked me, and I'll never lie. And I've never lied to you, me. I love you too much not to care about your soul as much as I care about your flesh. Or. Whenever you want some bomb sex, let me know. People are dying every day. I'm done. Please stop trying to manipulate me. Or, my soul is saved by God. She always makes sure I'm taken care of. (laughs) Okay, dude. Or, I'm not manipulating. I'm speaking my mind. I'm telling you gays are dying off. I'm scared to keep living so foolishly. Or, Hun, you gay as as I am. No God can change what you love. They will only condemn you. I know I'm young and reckless sometimes, but the longer you spend denying what makes you happy, less time you will enjoy it from, from your caged thoughts. Me. It's not about being gay. I'm sick of not treating myself with love and not loving other men. Don't twist this. You wouldn't be where you are if... You loved yourself. Look around you at your friends you smoke with, you w- smoke with, and you have game main sex with. Look at how men treat their bodies. It's dysfunctional, and you're possessed. We all are. I'm trying to come out of mine. Just listen to me. Or take risks. Be open in the safest way, of course. <laughs> you need to do something that makes you smile and laugh. And in the future, when a beautiful black man wants to make love to you and only desires to please you, don't discard him. Don't grow old and regretful and bitter. Me. Now I'm done. Just stop. You're being controlled, dude. You don't get it. If you can't stop yourself from texting me, then you're under mind control. Or, I'm where I am because I've loved so much and not nothing and got nothing in return. I did fuck up. But have mercy and grace and have learned, I have learned from my past mistakes. That's all, Papa. I just wanted to put a smile on your face today. Those are my honest intentions. I admire you. Have an amazing night. Me. I'm about to block you. Or, I've been sober since last, since I, I saw you last when we had that talk. That's for caring. Thanks for caring. Not many people would care. Y'all see how he's about to trying to change the script to try to be more manipulative? Me. All this just verifies my suspicions. It's a done deal. Please never use crystal meth if you want your sanity. I swear to you, I thought you were more intelligent. Or, I haven't used in months. I am in stable housing, gaining my weight back with regular therapy and enjoy life with new friends. I wish you could see this instead of a drug addict teenager. Oh, he was actually a teenager. <laughs> Me, I'm sorry for putting you down. That wasn't my intentions. I just don't want it around me, so please respect that and politely move on. I regret I revealed too much to you. Now, because I trusted you, you will never see me as the sexy, intelligent man again. Me. No, it's because you want to have sex unprotected. Or, I can call you if you really want to talk. Me. If you need to talk, sure, but I'm over having sex with men. Going to live a straight life. 
So keep the conversation about your life and leave me out of it. You're probably high now. And that was the end of that conversation. The same instance, I get a text message from another guy whom I had had sex with prior. Oh, no. Actually, this is the same person. So same conversation. This is just a different time. So now the time is 1.17 a.m. R. Yes, I do want to talk. It was supposed to be a gift for just you, even though I am high. So you see how he's admitted to being high, even though he just said he didn't have sex in a month. This is the reason why I write things down, because people, oh, they just so manipulative. But I will keep reading. <laughs> I don't. I don't bottom at all unless I'm high and lusting for you for it. Wow. Within, with you, I finally found a very attractive African king who can let me be comfortable being submissive. I finally got to melt that serious look on your face and see you smile with your teeth. Anything you want, I'll do. No matter how freaky it is, I'll be begging for you to flood me, tied down in the bed, begging for you. <laughs> me. I love you, and if you ever need to talk, I'm here for you are hopefully in person yes but i don't need sex for it to be positive i realize you don't need sex you need a friend i'm offering you friendship R, I want a friend with benefits you're the only one i've trusted don't deny me he see i you see how the jezebel is getting desperate <laughs> me then it's only there's not possible possible sorry it's all good are you high now Negative. You only see me as some kid high as fuck all the time. If a nigga cleaned themselves up, you'll know just what to say to make him relapse. Leave me alone now. Goodbye. 3.30 a.m. Now, this is a conversation with someone else. As this conversation ended, I got another text on Facebook from another guy whom I've had sex with over a year prior. I stopped seeing him because I noticed him posting pictures of himself wearing wigs and having long acrylic nails, which looked ridiculous. This is how this bizarre conversation went. Jay. Good morning, me. Morning. Jay. I know it's been a long time. Okay. I was just a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. So what's up? A good one, I hope. Trying to see if you wanted to come join the situation. Ooh, do tell. Jay, I'm stepping outside my comfort zone and experiencing the cloud. Me, T, I got faves. Now, I said T, meaning crystal meth, because that's the street name for it, but I just said that to lead him in to admit that he was doing drugs, because I didn't know what the hell cloud was. Jay, yeah, come over. I want to get DP. DP means double penetrated and explore my body more. Me. Who was there? Uh, just daddy and a cute verse boy. And me. So three. Uh, yeah. Uh, three's a crowd. Next time. Uh, that's why we need more. <laughs> loud out loud. Slamming. Blow. Blow. I'm a version to T. Me. Anyone using T? J. Yes. Me. Well, I'm here with my dude, so can't leave. He leaves at six for work. I was just lying. Jay, so I'll see you at seven. Look, he didn't even care that I that I had a dude. You see how he just 
They're only thinking about themselves. They got a one-track mind, and they're... And then I responded, maybe. And then that was the end of that bizarre conversation. So these are typical interactions with gay party boys in New York City. This was the reason why I clung to God for protection from the lunacy. They show obvious signs of enraged passion, clearly not respecting themselves or me for that matter. I was over this lifestyle and wanted to be free to be myself and to be in love with a person who will not give me all this crap. Because it was not love, but a ghost taking over all the gay men in this city, and I had the receipts to prove it. I was not having sex, but after my week-long drought, I had a moment of weakness and being frustrated over my dating luck. I invited a new sexy Dominican guy over that I had met on Jacked. He came over high, sexual, highly sexual, but I overlooked the ghost in him and had sex with him anyway. I think he secretly used drugs in my bathroom, which was mad foul, but I tolerated it. I was meeting the same type of guys online, and it was a sign I needed to delete the app for good. But I was so attached to it, and I feared if I did not have sex life, uh, sex life, I basically would fall back into an antisocial personality mood and become a recluse. But God was driving me away from my past. Within reason, I understand how God, uh, going back to old habits could be detrimental. But all I wanted was an honest, loyal friend to kick it with. Why would I have to stop dating men because I was in a relationship with God? <laughs> like Michael Arsenio says, I can't date Jesus. I have never been monogamous, not even for God. And I, and I did not think I could be, considering I found it terribly difficult to in, enter another relationship with Hagar. After Hagar, speaking of Hagar while attending service at FCBC, I spotted him walking disheveled in the front of the church for prayer. It had been several months since I had last saw him, and he looked distressed and was being escorted out the sanctuary in tears. He, his head was heavy, and, and he had cut his dreads off. One part of me hoped I would run into him after I had left church. But then again, seeing him looking so distressed reminded me of why the universe tried to break us apart to keep us apart. The only thing that could come about of me being around somebody with a low vibrational energy field is that he would just bring me down to his level. And as Mark Twain says, beat me with the experience. And then I easily give my power away because I still loved him. But I now love myself more. So that much has changed. I did not try looking for his number or popping up at his apartment to seduce him. I let it go. Besides, besides, he did not look at me with welcoming eyes as he rolled his eyes and continued out the door, which alerted me he was probably blaming me for the state he was in, or he feels mad that I had abandoned him. I did not want to force nothing that could have detrimental consequences due to my misjudging, judgment, and lack of discernment. I needed to trust myself more in, in that I was moving from my past forward, but going... <sighs> I needed to trust myself more now that I was moving from my past forward, but going back was not an option. I did not need to go to him because he wound up coming to my place unexpectedly. I was not surprised that he would pop up at my door, looking like he was running from the cops, having a distressed and deranged look on his face. I let him inside, but something immediately told me to go, let's go outside and go to the park. As we walked toward the park, I was listening to him going off about how people in his building attacked and jumped on him, that someone busted his lip and that he thought his neighbors were looking in his apartment behind a hole that he had punched in the wall in a fit of rage and that he claimed that he watched 
and they watched him have sex and then yelled obscenities in the hallway, calling him a faggot. He accounted that he was lured into a ray of light hovering over over his oven, and he saw that light as a light of Jesus. So when he walked to it, he immediately passed out. He said he woke with the scolding cooking grease burning his chest as the frying pan magically jumped off the oven and on him, nearly burning a hole in his chest. The building manager at his place called the psych hospital on him and was he was thrown in the psych ward because people in his building thought he was crazy. I was not sure how to react as the wounds were still fresh, but I had enough control to know what to do. He still had no job and he was having crying spells that seemed more like panic attacks from paranoia. When he saw that he was not getting the sympathy he was looking for, he began to blame me for putting a voodoo spell on him. I could not take it anymore and I had to be direct with him, but of course he took it as an attack. I listened for as long as I could. Now it was time to get back to my life and be he snapped, saying that I was evil and that I thought I was better than he was for going to graduate school. Y'all see this manipulation? Mm-hmm. Decepticons. Then he looked at me with his evil eye, and as if under demonic possession, he walked away without even saying goodbye, nor did he turn back. It reminded me of that white lady who start, stared at me down in the Starbucks for no reason, then abruptly walked away. It was so bizarre, but I knew what I had said to him was a test of my promise to myself that I will always choose my happiness over the approval of others. Sometimes the hardest thing is to leave the one you love even if they are the only thing you love, wanted. Maybe I could not accept him for who he was. Experiencing the darker side of his personality allowed me to develop a level of closeness with myself that would not have been possible otherwise. My fear of falling back for him was that he, it would not be reciprocal and I was not willing to have another one-sided relationship no matter how much I loved him. As he walked out of the park, I wanted to call out to him and come back. With tears nearly forming in my eyes, I reasoned what would be the purpose if he did come back. Would we kiss and make up? Would I promise to come back to his life and never abandon him again? What was my intent? Then I simply just let him fade out into the distance as he cut the corner. And before he disappeared behind the building, I saw him turn around and see if I was still watching. And of course I was, because I didn't trust him. I was worried that he would try to creep over to my house again and harm me, because I know that he was only the fear that I must submit. But I know it was only fear that I might submit to him this time. I quickly wished for him to continue walking on and never come back again. God, please let this be the last time. As I turned and wept all the way home. Damn, why did love hurt so much? I only hope he would be gone for good because he was too emotionally distraught for me to talk sense into. So I was over it. But of course, he found a way of contacting me and told me it, was, it had been six months since he had last had sex. He thought he could entice entice a sex addict <laughs> to get me to screw him. He offered to come to my apartment to spend the night, but when that didn't work, he started calling me evil again and said that he was going to get someone in Africa to put a spell on me. All of this was telling all this was telling him I was not, all for telling him that I was not in a good mood, but the reality was I didn't want to deal with him. I knew for sure I was over this guy. I would be stupid and foolish to accept this basket case back in my life. I finally got my relative peace, and this demon shows up and dumps his problems on me again. I did not have time for it now. 
I would be like fighting. It would be like fighting up an uphill battle with him when he doesn't get what he wants. He starts calling me evil and accusing me of being mean to him. I develop a zero tolerance policy to where hearing his voice irritated me. I felt the tension arising the more he spoke. I thought I was over and done with him emotionally, but I realized my feelings were suppressed. That night, I woke up at 5.30 a.m. and saw a message from Hagar with his typical psychotic text. Evil ass, lying ass bitch. I hate you so much and I called you dot, 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 dot. And then he leaves it at that. I nearly had a panic attack feeling I had somehow attracted this creature back into my life. I was obstinate and put my foot down by sticking to my guns, but I thought it was the last time I would hear from him. I believe he was back using crystal meth and the drug was making him act that way, but I did not desire him one bit because now I knew for sure that he was mentally and emotionally unwell. I did manage to get through the night without calling my weed dealer, but I suffered the next morning, feeling the anxiety creep back up. It started with a mini manic panic attack, worrying that Hagar would creep back to my place because he was acting more erratic than before, so I did not know what was cap- what he was capable of. I swore to continue ignoring him, and hopefully he would find something else to focus his attention on. But the more serious implication of this was that morning I was a little on edge leaving the house. While waiting on the train, a group of Europeans stood on the platform. Then suddenly, one of the males came toward and stood directly in front of me for no apparent reason. As the train was approaching, my first thought was, now, what is this about? And then my second thought was, kick his fat ass in front of the train. This would have been epic. <laughs> and I let this slip out of my tongue, telling him I would kick him down. He stood there pretending not to hear my threat while looking over his shoulder nervously in that moment i knew it would be a fight to the finish and more challenging not reverting to the cycle of hate revenge and terror i secretly wished to act on but i knew it would not work so i thought about something else then then a fat african woman cut me off while exiting the train so i walked past her brushing my shoulder against her purse knocking it off i guess i was ready for war no fear only a determination to let no one play with me again stay away or it won't be nice is how I was approaching this new self. I was sweating under my armpits from the thought of revenge. I thought God was there with me, but he obviously does not seem to have a hand on my moods, so I needed to go through life consciously and with good intentions. It was nearly two weeks, a two-week mark, and I had yet to have sex when I received a, another call from Hagar asking me to come into my place because it was my his birthday, and I felt after six months, he at least deserved some birthday sex. Slowly but surely, he was back into my head. But I warned him, if we were to meet up again, it would only be for sex and not to get back together in a relationship, which is what I know he wanted. I also wanted to show my compassion, even if he annoyed me. I said a prayer that morning that it felt it was not meant for us to reconnect, even if the meeting was only on a sexual terms, for God to pre- prevent us from rekindling our relationship. I still loved him, but I was not sure why he was suddenly back in contact with me. So I can only assume it was the universe bringing him back after some time because I was successfully practiced loving myself enough to know how to stand my ground with him. I would make the rules and be clear about where this would go. He agreed and we would only be meet for sex and that we would talk and catch up so I was going there under this that pretense everything was going as planned till I got halfway to his place then spirits started to attack me on the street first I could not get on the bus due to a police blockade so I had to walk around uh, a couple of blocks to catch another bus it was hot I was annoyed <laughs> because 
two white men started walking dangerously close to me, attempting to step in my way, slowly slowing down in front of me. And then when I said, excuse me, they did not move. And that is when I realized something spiritual was taking place. What was this spirit trying to say? I could not perceive it in that moment. But then I received a text from Hagar saying he did not have any furniture and that he may have instead come to my place. Oh, I didn't. I texted him back immediately, but contemplated the nature of the text. Why did he not mention this earlier when I told him that I was on my way? I eventually asked him, did he at least have a bed? But he never responded. And then he finally replied that I that I could come. But if I did not like what I saw, then we can go back to my place. And then I put in uh, commas. Uh, in quotes again trying to uh, this is the manipulation of course just so he can get to my place remember he's trying to put a voodoo spell on me and now he's trying to get to my place for some dumb reason so you already know I'm on edge and then he finally replied that I could come but if I did not like the situation that we would go back to my place it did not make any sense considering I helped him bring an entire living room set before I, I last left his place I assumed he was trying to get over to my place because he was trying to carry out his evil deed to put a spell on my place. His behavior seemed erratic, and I could only assume he was under a possession of a ghost, or it was God trying to warn me away. I assumed the latter, and texted him that I wasn't going home, that I wasn't going home, that I was going home, and I did not wish to see him, and that I had changed my heart. And this all came about because he was now ignoring my texts, and when he knew that I was on... And, when he knew that I was on my way. Then I remembered the, pr the prayer that I had made that morning, asking God if it was not meant for us to meet again, to intervene by creating a situation, to alarm me that it was a bad idea. He then texted me, accusing me of leaving him on his birthday, showing that he still was not over his abandonment issues. This blaming game was exactly what he was good at, and he tried to garner sympathy by making himself look like the victim. I was not upset. But I was a bit nervous because the attacks on the street did not cease. But I did not let it break my spirit. It was a clear message from God to stay away from Hagar for good. God, what's happening with gay men? Was there hope for us? Or will you let us all perish in the land of Sodom? And that's finally the end of that chapter. Thank you. Goodbye.